deceptive manipulative. Is also a former social worker and a political campaign activist. Some people in town say the base is run by aliens working with our federal government to conduct mind control and genetic experiments. I'm leaving. I'm glad. Thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. Welcome to the Eerie Americas. This is our bonus episode for you. I am your host, Christy Hull. And this is Vicky Ayala. How are you? I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm a little sick, a little under the weather, but nothing more important right now than congratulating Vicky on getting married. You are not even going to let me try to like sneak that in without no, any attention. No, of course not. She tried to say in the beginning of, before we started recording, like, oh, you know, new job. New phone. You have a new car. You have a new phone. And I'm like, oh, new marriage. Like, no, you're not gonna casually drop it in without me being really obnoxious about it no I fucking knew way i shouldn't have let you start the episode because i'm like if christy starts the episode that's the first thing that she's going to say well it's the most important thing that went on in our break right now so congratulations to vicky and ryan it Thank was you. super exciting i mean i knew it was happening for a while and before she even knew i knew they'd get married so i'm just glad that it actually happened yeah you kind of called it and i try to like deflect that for a very long time and you were like yeah yeah sure sure whatever yeah, you say of course so when I told when I told Christy she was like okay finally like she wasn't even surprised no like no like oh my god I can't believe it she was like yeah okay cool finally <laughs> I was like all right next year we're gonna do a full-on Halloween reception which I'm really really looking forward to that's gonna be awesome so good excuse to be back in New York because you know if we're gonna make you come back here it's gotta be for a definitely well I have two weddings now a few weeks apart so it'll be yep. really cool to every time I go back I know it's going to be a good time so I'm really looking forward to it it's going to be awesome and congratulations you guys thank you thank you but we also have another announcement while we were taking this break I know a lot of people were like you know when you coming back how long you going to take and we at first didn't really know because we didn't want to just take a break and not and actually take a break like a normal person. We took this break to make improvements. One thing we really wanted to work on was our merch store. We wanted to have some merch for you guys. And because of the break, we were able to finally work on it. And it's going to launch on Black Friday. Woo-hoo! So you guys get a bonus episode and merch all at the same time. Yeah, we're really, really excited. And we will have a promo code. You got to check us out on Instagram, on Twitter. Feel free to email us about it. We're going to drop it on Black Friday. So please feel free to go check out the website, which is teespring.com. But we're going to have the link up for you. We'll put it on our website as well. So um, if for those of you who maybe don't do the whole social media thing, you can still find the exact details of the name of our store and how to get to it on our website, theeriamericas.com. So we want to make sure it's accessible for everyone. So that's something we're super excited for. So we just want you to know we have been working during this break. Absolutely. It wasn't really a break at all. Yeah. We're just not dropping episodes, but we're still on it. Don't worry, people. But trust us. I mean, anybody who, if you do have a podcast out there, you know how it is. Sometimes it just becomes too much and you just can't do it. I was trying to plan the elopement, which even though we eloped, it was still planning involved. There were still things we had to do. And you guys know we have full-time jobs. We have husbands. We have friends. Like It was just becoming to the point where it was like 1 o'clock in the morning the day before an episode was dropping. Our episodes dropped at 4 a.m. And Christy was stressed out editing. And then I was stressed out making the YouTube video. And it just was taking over. And we didn't want to get to a point where it wasn't fun anymore. Because this is about having fun also. So it was very good to take a step back. Christy's written like 17,000 episodes. Yeah, a good amount. <laughs> and 
I've gotten a chance to work on a few episodes, do the merch, and start working on a little surprise thing for you guys on YouTube. Which you guys are going to love. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm going to announce it as soon as I'm a little bit more into it, but we've been working. Just letting you know. I found something really cool on Reddit that I wanted to share with you guys. Of course, I found it through Paranormal Encounters, which is one of my favorite (laughs) little communities. Uh, It is by Al the Guitar Gal 14, which again, awesome cool Cool name name. and the title is unsettling and elusive occurrence in my house can't debunk please help as somebody that breathing issues and smelling issues even right now I'm, i'm stuck with the cold when i'm normal my nose is like a bloodhound i smell everything so when i started reading about this and it was the I felt for this person so badly and they had just posted it that day. So this is a a fresh Reddit post. I think they're really asking for help here. Like you don't just post stuff on Reddit and say, please help if you don't actually want help. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Starting in September of this year, I woke up to a rank smell coming from a bedroom and connected bathroom in my house. Chalked it up to my sister leaving food in there and went to work. I love how the bathroom and the bedroom or somehow there's food somewhere and it's just like not a big deal. That's hilarious because totally it's, cool. it's so funny that that was the first assumption. She calls me later complaining about the smell, so not her, and, smells, and spends the entire day cleaning the house. I'm talking shampooing the carpets in that room, cleaning all the drains in the bathroom, washing the sheets and drapes, decluttering the closets and cleaning all the surfaces, but it doesn't help with the smell at all. This type of cleaning goes on for about two weeks, but neither holy shit, <laughs> but neither we or my girlfriend can seem to figure out where the smell is coming from. So this isn't like, oh, we clean the house. What's that smell? They are like going top to bottom cleaning. They're literally shampooing carpets. I don't like that's that's some heavy duty shit. The smell is nauseating. It smells like onions and bad bo and rotting food. Ew. It smells like a New Everybody York City subway on the train in the summer. In the summer, yes. Like I first read this and I was like, I know that smell. Oh my god! Anyone from New York or just a big city with a subway system like this, you know exactly what smell that is. I can literally smell it right now. It is so disgusting. It, it really is onions and bo. That's like the perfect it's, description. And rotting food. It's perfect. And rotting food. It makes me want to throw up when it is strong. I have never smelled anything like this in my life, and I've been near dead animals, and even a skunk sprayed my whole car. Yikes. Oh my god. I've also I've also smelled a skunk spray that is disgusting. This smell is way worse. That's <laughs> what she says. So I decided to get some other people involved to try to figure out the smell. This is where things get weird. Like, it hasn't been weird, all right? Right. It's not totally not weird. Totally normal right now. First, I called the contractor. That's smart. Maybe a dead okay. animal in the infrastructure. Makes sense. As soon as he gets there, the smell disappears. Hmm. My sister was home when he got there, and I was on my way from work. As soon as I got home, I ran to the room and smelled nothing, so I was very happily telling my sister, Oh my gosh, you guys figured it out. Of course, she informs me it it didn't smell as soon as he arrived. He spends about two hours in the house and can't figure it out. Then my girlfriend's mom comes over a few days later. She can't smell anything. The smell is gone. I then call pest control. Same exact thing. The smell disappears as soon as he gets there. He spends even more time in the house and even goes and searches the entire attic. Nothing. My dad then decides to come and stay at my house for a week. He can't smell it the entire time he is here. I can faintly smell it, but it is nowhere near as bad. My dad said all he smells are my pets. I've had cats and dogs my whole life, and they've never made me want to vomit like the smell does. I then had my friends come over for a few days after the smell was really, really bad the night before. He is a property manager and is used to smelling homes. Sure enough, by the time he gets there at 7 a.m. the next morning, the smell is gone and he can't smell anything. 
So now we have a contractor and a property manager, both, and and the and the girlfriend's mom, who all came over, and the smell went away. It's crazy. Even goes to say as far as my house smells good and looks really clean. Yeah, I'd hope after all these weeks of cleaning. <laughs> after two weeks of shampooing carpets and cleaning every single sheet in the house, it better be clean. It better be spotless. The smell returns after they all leave. This happened with all of them. The only people who can smell it are me, my sister, and my girlfriend. My girlfriend is on the fence about paranormal stuff and even she is freaked. I have tried everything I can think of. Stuck my head in air vents. Used black lights to try and find stains, shampooed the carpets over and over, bleached in drains, bought a carbon monoxide monitor, drilled a hole in the wall where the smell is the strongest, aired out the room incessantly, nothing helps. And the smell keeps coming back like it is playing with me. It is making me crazy. Plus, no matter what I do, the house feels dark, dirty, and depressing. I've tried sage, holy water, covering the mirrors, praying, everything I can think of, but it keeps coming back. The house has had some mild paranormal happenings in the past, but nothing has left me as puzzled and frustrated as this. Please help. First of all, that person definitely sounds desperate and in need for help. They really meant it when they said, please help. But I don't know. This is weird because I feel like when anybody who's watched or researched any type of like demon demon activity specifically, whenever it's a smell like that, it's usually a demon that's in your house. So that's like why Mm -hmm. it's so concerning. But it's also concerning because it's obviously some... Like, it's intelligent because it knows well yeah. enough to leave when an important person who could, like, possibly help comes over. Like, it purposely is targeting the three people in that house to make it kind of seem like, I mean, anybody else would think they're crazy. It's like, what do you mean you're smelling right. this? I went to your house. I don't smell anything. And it's doing, it's it's intelligent. And that's what's concerning. So, Definitely. you've used holy water. You've used sage. Nothing is working. You've, damn, you've drilled damn holes in the wall. It's just time to move. It just time to move. That's it. I'd say move and bless thyself. Make sure it right doesn't and make sure it's not just attaching itself to you. Because at this point, it can attach itself to you. That's what it sounds like to me. That's what it does sound like to me. Because it's like, and it's funny. I was thinking in my head, like, how can you basically ask every week someone to stay over at your house? You got to be like, all right, dad, this week is you. Mom is next right, week. That'd but be don't the move only in, way. Because if you move in, it's probably going to attach right. itself to you. So just keep coming over. We'll just keep splitting the time. That's the solution I can offer you for now, aside from reaching out to a priest or whatever your spiritual right. background is, you know, just seeing somebody about it. Like, that's the only thing that I could recommend. So I hope Al, the guitar gal, gets some help soon. So. And this is like a recent one, right? So maybe there'll be an yeah. update. So definitely keep like, keep up definitely. with it. I'll keep checking it out for sure. We all know it's the holiday season, you know, like. The minute after Halloween was over, like, pop, there goes the Christmas decorations. And while I'm all for skipping Thanksgiving, it is an important holiday to a lot of people. I know Christy's mom, that's your favorite. That's her favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom loves Thanksgiving. I think uh, we've discussed this before. Growing up, you know, in Latino culture, we take eating with our family very seriously. It wasn't until I was a little bit older and I started making friends with people from different cultures that I realized that not everybody sits down and eats dinner together. And that's something my family did every single night. And like you said, it's really important in Latino culture because, or Latino culture in general, because it's, we use food to express love. So, you know, if our families aren't like a lot of American families, you know, especially the stricter, more religious ones. You don't hear I love you every day. You don't get, you know, so they show their love through right. food. And so Thanksgiving is a big, I think a lot of families that come from other countries, it, they use Thanksgiving as that opportunity to really go out and really show their families. Right. Because for a lot of people, well, yeah, we do it all the time. But other families, if they really only see their family members 
during the holidays for those special dinners. That's why for me, I'm like, dude, we do this all the time, especially growing up. I grew up in an apartment building where my entire family lived in the same building. So we had those big obnoxious dinners all the damn time. So to me, it was like, what the fuck is Thanksgiving? I don't give a shit. It was, it's just, we had to have turkey. Like that's the only thing I knew about it. But so as much as I'm more, I'm like, eh, it's not a big deal to me. It is a big deal to a lot of people, especially once you become an adult, people move out. They, you know, it's a big thing. And it is sometimes, again, people's only opportunity to have all of their family together in one place, you know, and it's a time for, you know, food and being grateful. And as we know, because we make fun of this all the time, you put on like your best outfit just to sit in the living room with your family. It's quite gluttonous. <laughs> It's gluttonous. And then like you end up being uncomfortable because you end up eating like your body weight in food. So you're just sitting there like wishing you had sweatpants Mm -hmm. on. That is still less uncomfortable than the awkward family conversations where your weird family members start asking you about your love life and when you're going to have kids and why don't you have a husband and all this other crap that they ask you. So in the spirit of awkward family dinners, I'm going to tell you some Thanksgiving horror stories that might either... They're either going to make you appreciate your weird ass family or just at least get a laugh out of it. Or at the very least, you can, you know, kind of compare your horror tales to others. Right. It's like, oh, that totally happened. And it's not just you. So when I started this episode, I went back and forth with what to write about. And at first I wrote like a pretty dark and depressing episode. And I was like, nah, we're not going to do that. But when I looked up these like funny Thanksgiving horror stories, the amount of material on like on this specific topic, it took me so long to edit this because there were so many good stories to the point where I was going on like websites and it was like their own staff writing their Thanksgiving like horror stories. That's awesome. But I am going to start off with a short but kind of sad one. And I included this because I feel like after I read it, it might make you a little bit more grateful for the fact that you have this awkward family dinner to actually go to. So this came from Reddit. The user's name is Wally Plumstead. I was about 10 to 11 years old. My then best friend and I had plans to hang out at his apartment for the day. He lived in a distant neighborhood from mine. So to get to and from his place, I had to take a bus. Normally, we hung out together on the weekend, but since there was no school on Thanksgiving, it gave us an extra day in the week to play together. Also strange for Latinos because I definitely would not have been allowed to go out when there was supposed to be a big ass family dinner, which is not a dinner. It's an all day thing. We start really early. What do you mean you're going to someone else's house? 10, 11 years old. That seems strange to us because our families are like my family was so strict. 10, 11 years old. I, my pa- my parents were dropping me off and picking me up until I was an adult. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. So taking a bus to a friend's house on Thanksgiving sounds odd to me. But hey, my mom would have been like, you have a home. And if you don't, don't come back. That's, <laughs> that's what exactly what my parents used to say. They'd be like, why would you eat dinner there? You have you have dinner here. You have a home here. We have a family here. Like, what do you have to go there for? He had an older sister about 17 or 18 years older, and she had a son of her own. His sister lived in her very own separate apartment on the same floor down the other end of the hallway from my friend's place. We spent the entire day going back and forth from his place to her place to his place, etc. In the meantime, the ovens of both kitchens in both apartments were going full blast, cooking up a good smelling feast of all sorts of food. When evening came around, it was time to serve all the food. That's when I was told, can't recall by who, either my friend's mother or his sister, that it was time for me to go home. I was puzzled. While I was invited over to hang out and play with my friend, and it was never specified that I was to eat Thanksgiving dinner with them, I took it for granted that that's what I was going to get to do. And I don't recall misbehaving in any way during the entire day. Still, I put on my jacket and left my friend's apartment. Well, the mom was probably thinking what our parents were thinking was, don't you have a home? Why don't you right. go eat at we'll your family's house? hang out with your family on Thanksgiving, right? There are certain people that would, but in general, I don't know a lot of people that would. They'd be like, okay, Johnny, time to go home. Right? We're going to have it's like, a meal. Okay, it's Thanksgiving. You can go home now. 
Like, that's probably what happened. Mm -hmm. He says, normally, when I left my friend's place to go home, I usually took the elevator down. But this evening, I opted to walk down the stairs all the way to the ground floor because I wanted to smell the odors of all the food that was being cooked in all the other apartments throughout the entire building, floor by floor. Figuring smelling the odors of all that food in the hallways of my friend's apartment building would be the closest I would come to having a Thanksgiving dinner that day. Sure enough, I was right. I reached the ground floor, exited the building, and crossed the street to catch the bus home. When I finally got home, my family had had their Thanksgiving dinner. My relatives had left, and all the food was completely eaten up. Which again, how early was your family eating Thanksgiving dinner? I've gone to Thanksgiving where it wasn't my mother hosting or family hosting exactly. And there's so much leftovers. So like how many freaking family members were in your house where there's not even like a side salad or some cranberry sauce? Or the stuff that nobody wants to eat. And I know Christy is really big on her cranberry sauce. (laughs) No, no, no. See, I hate when people are like, I hate cranberry sauce. Like you hate the canned cranberry sauce. People that make cranberry sauce know how to make a really good cranberry sauce. And damn it, mine is good. Cranberry sauce is no joke. So you're telling me even that thing that people don't like to touch is nothing left. But also, this is how you can also tell it's not a Latino family because they don't leave. They don't just eat dinner and leave. They eat dinner and then they dance and it's bochinche and it's alcohol and you drink a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff and then you eat again. So like your family just like ate and left. Like that's kind of very odd for us. So he said, I recall seeing only a pan on the dining room table that had nothing but turkey bones in it. It didn't occur to them to save any food for me because they assumed I was having Thanksgiving dinner at my friend's place. Feeling dejected and and depressed, I just immediately went to bed even though it was still early and I wasn't sleepy. I was just hungry. And I just felt like that was so sad because I'm like, I I don't know. My family would never do that. First of all, even if I was allowed to go somewhere on Thanksgiving day and I came back, like my my mom would have saved the plate for me. I would I would think that they wouldn't assume, like, even if you ate Thanksgiving dinner somewhere else. Like, I myself go to my mom's house and then I go to my in-laws. Just because they know I ate at my mom's house doesn't mean they don't save me a plate at their house. Right. So that's what I like, It's so sad. And I'm like, this person is te- was 10 years old when this happened. Imagine being 10 years old and you had no Thanksgiving. You got, like, basically rejected from two different Thanksgivings. But my thing, too, is also your ass should have stayed home. Like, you would have been able no, to eat if you stayed home. No, you would have had food if you stayed home. That's a lesson learned right there. I bet you after that, he stayed home every fucking Thanksgiving and got Never his Never went out again. Or at least confirmed before he went that he was eating there. It was either. And I'm thinking the mother thought maybe did that intentionally or the family did that intentionally. It could be. They could have done it. Or they really didn't give a shit that he wasn't there. But you're right. It could have been a lesson like, you know what? You want to go to your friend's house when your family's over? You're not getting any food. We're going to eat every damn piece of turkey whether we like it or not. That was layers and layers of irony. (laughs) That's what that was right there. That is a lesson learned. (laughs) But it might make you grateful to at least have awkward people to eat your food with. My next story is from foodbeast.com. The title of this article was called 14 Thanksgiving Dinner Stories That Are Horrifying, Hilarious, and Heartbreaking. I picked this particular story because it's kind of like everybody has the two family members that no matter what it is, their their drama can't wait for one dinner. They have to. Yeah, they can't put aside their shit. Not just for not for one dinner. They can't make it through it through it without the drama. Everybody has that those family members. So this story is called Jailbird and Moon Pie. <laughs> I love that title so, and it's a perfect cover up. Like it's like, what does that mean? It is. You're about to find out. It was the Thanksgiving dinner that my aunt, referred to as Jailbird, just got out of jail for serious criminal offenses involving gun trafficking. Welcome home, auntie. Her and my other aunt, Moon Pie, her favorite snack also fitting because she is round like one too. Of course she is. (laughs) 
I feel like you can like picture what they look like already in your head. Got into an argument over who bought my sister a gift, which she had since she was four years old. This is the argument. And this is how you know that it's two family members who really can't stand each other because they're making up a reason to fight. Nobody fights over that. It wasn't even like some long withstanding, you took my man, you're the one who got me in jail drama. It's like, hmm, what can we fight over? Let's argue over who got a toy a million years ago. <laughs> you just wanted to fight. Exactly. There's just an excuse to start hashing out all your all the shit you right? wanted to tell your sibling. That's basically it. At Thanksgiving dinner, which is definitely what this holiday is for, hashing out all your differences. And you know what? I think the usual start is, is it always begins with alcohol. You have to feed people oh, before yeah, you start sure. drinking. That's kind of the key exactly. when you have family members like that. Don't let them start drinking first. That's rule number one. Jailbird was definitely hitting up some moonshine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> she just got out of jail. You know she was drinking. So Jailbird was only 14 years old when the gift was given to my sister, making it impossible that it was her. And so after my grandmother said, enough is enough, they moped around for a few hours. But peace was made. Or so we all believed. Peace is never made during the holidays. No, it's not. It really isn't. So dinner arrives. It's all going well. Until Moon Pie thought it'd be a good idea for her to carve the turkey, which my grandma, seeing no issue with that, that idea, let her. Jailbird was stabbed in the leg with the carving fork. Get the hell out of here. And that's when all hell broke loose. Dude, just a word to the wise grandmas. If your two daughters or whatever just got into a fight, do not give one of them a carving fork. It's just not a good idea. And it's funny because it wasn't even the one that went to jail for gun trafficking one that stabbed the other. It's She got stabbed. This is when all hell broke loose. My sister and I were told to go to our room. We were staying there for Thanksgiving weekend, so we occupied the guest room. We heard some screaming, some glass breaking, and when me and my sister came out to see what was happening, well, it turned into an all out brawl. My parents and other aunts were trying to keep Jailbird and Moon Pie away from each other and not having much much success. Grandma was just sitting there drinking her boxed wine and smoking like nothing was happening while everything was happening. <laughs> I want to be that grandma one day. I really do. And that is like my ultimate goal in life is to like the whole world could be ending in the background and I just want to sit there with boxed wine. Like that's just my <laughs> ultimate goal. Anywho, long story short, I called the cops. The child called course, the cops. Of course, because she was probably being the only r- rational person <laughs> in the entire room at that point. And the only one probably that hadn't been drinking since exactly. she was a kid, which in Latino culture, you start drinking at like eight years old. So that wouldn't yep. have been me. I would have been drinking too. And Jailbird and Moon Pie have now both spent time, some time in jail and on Thanksgiving too. Which you know they stayed there for a while because ain't nobody coming to get you on Thanksgiving. That's like so I bad. really, if anybody out there is either a police officer or works in the medical field, meaning you're a nurse or whatever that works in a hospital, please let us know the amount of people that come that you deal with that this during is the during the holidays that this is all stemming from like family drama. This one stabbed this one. This one punched this one. The statistic must be so much higher than we think. It has to be. I have to imagine that a lot of the calls are for like domestic violence that day because sometimes family's just not meant to be in the same mm-hmm. room together. <laughs> Especially when it's only these, you know, you cram the most important holidays of the year into the last two months of the year. So that whole year of pent-up aggression is going to come out. Alcohol and pent-up aggression don't mix. But definitely if you have any stories please 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 email us because i really want to hear it the next story chrissy's about to find out one of my worst fears and the reason why i don't use the bathroom outside of my home 
very, very limited people I've ever done more than pee in your house. I never knew that. I don't drop deuces anywhere. <laughs> I have to be really comfortable. And this um, this story literally expresses why. This is my biggest fear. So this is from Gawker.com. And the title of this is Here Are Your Worst Thanksgiving Horror Stories by Just Laney. I hope you're not eating right now if you're listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put it down. If you're eating, please put the, put, put the food down. And far away from you so that you don't associate this story with what you're eating. <laughs> My first Thanksgiving with the family of my soon-to-be husband. The house was completely full of guests, and the toilets had been working overtime. No one told me that. Gorgeous, formal dinner with copious toasting and rich, dreamy food. My body was a running machine in those days, and I was consuming mostly healthy food leading up to this moment. Maybe because I don't like to diet, I think you should stop your diet a few days before Thanksgiving just to prepare your body for all the crap that you're going to eat. Yeah, especially if you eat clean, for sure. If you eat super clean and then suddenly eat Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to the bathroom, wherever you are. Well, 30 minutes after lunch, I began to feel very uncomfortable. Very. So I snuck off to one of the guest bedrooms upstairs, which unfortunately for me was located directly above the library where everyone gathered to digest. And can I just point out, this person must be rich if they have a library. A library and a, a guest bathroom on the second floor right, right. below a library? Yeah, yeah you like, got money. Y- you got money. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're struggling for silence in our one-bedroom apartment right? to record. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know what it's like in a rich person's house, but shouldn't your toilet be better than mine? Because my toilet could take a beating, let me tell you. I guess so. I, I don't know. I guess it's the one thing they didn't invest in. (laughs) After I began to feel some relief and started to feel human again, the toilet decided that I was the person and this was the moment to stop admitting new contents altogether. As I flushed, there was a discernible pop, gurgle, and then a volcano of water and shit began to saturate the floor. No. Biggest fear of my life is going to the bathroom somewhere unfamiliar and the toilet clogging dude and the worst part is this is her future family it's not even like people you're never gonna see right it's not even like my family that's gonna have to deal with it right or some random boyfriend's house (laughs) that you might not even see after this anyway you guys could break up like no these are your future in-laws i never thought this would be a fear but i think i'm gonna add this to the list because like it's a fear it's like a legit fear and then you're also it's one thing for me to like bust a, like a stupid toilet in my apartment because it happens. But like you're in like this super like hoity-toity rich house of your future family and you clog up their toilet. So after what seemed like an eternity, I managed to turn off the water at the source and was left standing in a two-inch lake of shit. Oh. Which whether it is yours or not yours is just oh, as disgusting. No. As I stood in the stunned horror, there was a frantic knocking at the door. It was my mother-in-law warning me not to flush. Too late, I managed to whisper. She scurried off and I was left sobbing in mortification. She must have heard But it's her. like, why wouldn't you warn her before she went? Or, sorry, if you're having a huge amount of people during the holidays and one of your toilets not working, put up a fucking sign. Say, put up a do sign. not flush or no, do not use this bathroom. Like, make it obvious. Like, that's what I don't or understand. Or when you see somebody getting up to go to that, like, hey, don't go to that one. Go right. to this one. You obviously had more than one. She scurried off and I was left sobbing in mortification. In a flash, she brought back a stack of old towels, bleach, and a bucket. She knew. And I got to work. She She knew. knew. Because she had that shit ready. Because she said in a flash. You don't in a flash just have bleach in a bucket. So this is half her fault. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Like the the person that's hosting has to, you had to brace people for that. Yeah. It's like nobody just randomly is like, hey, let me go get my bleach and my bucket and my towel. Like you definitely were prepared for something to happen. And you were just like, okay, whoever's fault it is, is going to do it. So finally, after 30 minutes of hysterical cleaning, crying and laughing, 
Which I appreciate the laughing because I also laugh when I have nothing else to do. I always laugh when I'm uncomfortable because you have to laugh at yourself. Like, if not, you're going to just sit there and cry and feel miserable. Like, you're just like, I would literally be like, holy shit, this is happening. Pun intended. Right. It's like, what else can I do but laugh right now? Because if not, I'm just going to die of humiliation. (sighs) After 30 minutes of that, I managed to sanitize myself and the bathroom. However, to my horror, as I walked down the stairs and looked into the library, I saw a bucket brigade and frantic swarm of people up on stepladders holding towels up to a soaking, dripping roof. Yep, my shit was raining on my future family. I ran out of the house and refused to play in the croquet tournament the next day. Which, by the way, if you're playing croquet the next day, wow. like, you I've never rich. even come near any of those things. I think I've seen it on Heather's. That's pretty much the only time I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yep, so ran out of the house, refused to play in the tournament, and the very last sentence is definitely... After this, I probably wouldn't have married this person, but the person goes, the marriage didn't last. No shit, because you were known as the one who shit on everybody forever. And not only that, too, it's also like, I would have been like, this is over. I can never face these people ever again. You know what I mean? Like, how could you even go forward in the marriage? Because no matter how polite or how proper or how rich a person is, that's always going to be the story that everyone tells about you. Right. So you really wanted to look at these people as you walk down an aisle to get married. I would be like, no, we're eloping because I'm not looking at these people ever ever and like that was a literal reigning sign from god not to get married and you still went through it literally well how else like god's like hmm, what can i do to show you not to get married i'll let it rain shit like he literally made your shit come down <laughs> on these people and you still married them so really like your marriage didn't have a chance <sighs> there was mistakes made everywhere here <laughs> yes a lot of mistakes made So the next story is from Jezebel.com by Dode Stewart. And this is the kind of story that kind of solidifies why I not only hate everyone, I also hate hosting. Never offered a host. Never. Uh, We have a mutual friend who absolutely loves hosting. Like loves it. Loves the planning. Loves the hosting. I planned an elopement and there was barely anyone there and I wanted to kill myself. I really, I almost had a break, nervous breakdown just trying to get 10 people to coordinate for my wedding. Mm -hmm. So I do not like chasing after people i'm only gonna tell you once if you don't show up you don't show up that's just my thinking on it i really don't like hosting and sometimes like i just want to sit there and i want to eat and i want to drink and i don't care if you eat or drink like that's just who i am but there's people who like hosting i mean i happen to be a good host when i do do it but it's just like i don't want to i'll host things but it's definitely not gonna be something like this never offer well that's the first thing many years ago I offered to host Thanksgiving for my in-laws, my friends, and their families. Mistake, mistake, number one. Number one mistake right You there. offered to host Thanksgiving for your in-laws and your friends and your family. You should have picked one. Just one. That pressure is serious. No way. There were about 15 of us all. No. No. But 15 people, that is, it doesn't sound like a lot for a party, but when you're the one hosting it and cooking all the food, 15 people's a lot to cook for. She says, folks traveled from all over the state. It was going to be grand. Even more pressure when someone's traveling all over the state to come here, because then you can't fuck up. Mistake number two, too many family, friends, etc. Right. And keep it local. They can go home if they don't like their food. There's not that much pressure. But once you got people traveling for you, the pressure is even worse. I busied myself in the kitchen while my hubs and his family hung out in the front of the house. I was responsible for the bird, gravy, stuffing, truffle mashed potatoes, which is your third mistake. Mashed potatoes need to be kept simple. What the hell truffle mashed potatoes? If you don't cook, this is way too extensive. This is way too much. If you don't do this consistently, for you to put that kind of pressure on yourself. If you're not a chef, don't do it. Mistake number three. That is mistake number three. 
Because you're already cooking for 15 people and hosting and you're going to put yourself through truffle mashed potatoes. Be happy if you don't get box mashed potatoes. Keep it simple, people. Keep it simple. So truffle mashed potatoes, greens, and salad. It was just, it was my first Thanksgiving meal and I was ambitious. A mistake. Keep it simple. Mistake number four. Too ambitious. I was just getting going when my hubs popped his head into the kitchen. Need any help? Nope, I got this. Mistake number five, never tell people you don't need help. Even if you don't need help, you need to keep them there on the back burner because they're already not gonna help you. But if you tell them you don't need help, they're they're really, really not. You're not gonna get any help to host 50 people. And unless you have two ovens where you can keep everything warm, you need those extra set of hands. Exactly. Because everything has to be prepped a certain way. Like I'm stressed hearing this Right, story. and it's like people don't understand. It's not just hosting and cooking. You need to set the table. Once people start coming in, you got to hand them drinks, talk. Entertain. They're not going to stand there watching you cook. So you always need help. So the answer is yes, I need help. Give me a few minutes to figure it out and find something for them to help you with. About 10 minutes later, I noticed the house was silent, except for me. I went out in the living room, empty. Dining room, empty. Outside, no one to be seen. They had all left without telling me where they were going or when they'd be back. Because you told them you don't need help. But seriously, though, who does that to somebody? On Thanksgiving, where are you going? (laughs) Right. Nothing's open. What's up? Where are you going? What's happening? Like you invited 15 people over to leave? Like you're still waiting for your family. I would be so confused. Yep. This was before cell phones, so I had no way of reaching them. Mm -mm. An hour later, they were still gone. I had been furiously working the whole time. And then the damn sink backed up. Called the landlord, but he was unwilling to pay a plumber on a holiday. So I had to start washing things in the bathtub. At this point, I was edging into a raging fury. And then I got my period. No. Dinner would be over at that point. I would literally be like, who's ordering the Chinese food? Pizza and Chinese food, because that's always Mm -hmm. open. And that's what you're getting for Thanksgiving, because I am not cooking for 15 people when I just got my period. Yeah, but then she got all these out-of-towners coming in, and this is a nightmare. You would have gotten boxed mashed potatoes. You're not getting no damn truffle mashed potatoes when I just got my period. And you also have to realize that men really don't understand how bad it is when you get it. You're hormonal, you have cramps, and it's just overall uncomfortable. The last thing you want to do is cook Thanksgiving dinner for 15 people by yourself. And then having to do the dishes in the tub. Which is honestly, to me, the worst thing about Thanksgiving dinner is all the dishes that need to be clean and then you have to clean it in the bathtub nope i decided that calling my mother might help she could talk me back from the cliff which no matter how old you are calling your mom usually makes you feel better calling my mom makes me feel better but not in the way people would imagine she normally annoys me to the point where i just forget my problems <laughs> and i'm like whatever whatever you're talking about is way worse than what i'm dealing with right now so i i, I get so annoyed i forget what i what i was calling her about However, by the time I call her, she had already had a glass of champagne. When I said that the in-laws and husband had gone walkabout, leaving me to to cook by myself, a meal for 15 people with no sink, my calm, no-nonsense mother lost her shit. I'll kill them, she screamed into the phone. I'll kill them. So mama was a little drunk and not a lot of help. All of this is happening. And then by 3.30, guests had started to arrive. It wasn't even 3.30 yet. I had been counting on hubs and company to do things like set the table, pour wine, put out appetizer, and entertain the masses while I got the meal on the table, but they were still MIA. Which again, this is why you need people there. Because it's not just hosting and cooking, you got shit to do. And my towering fury, augmented by cramps, had grown into an inferno the likes of which my friends had never seen. I cannot even imagine. Nope. 
Under a barrage of orders snapped out from the kitchen, my poor friends and their poor families got the table set up, the place to set, and drinks and such circulating. I was not gracious. I was not the happy food goddess creature I had been looking forward to embodying. I was screaming, gravy-soaked, harpy, reeking of truffle oil, and with yams in my hair. (laughs) At 4 p.m., the time when we were all supposed to sit down to a glorious meal bolstered by alcohol and good cheer, my guests were cowering in a corner, whispering amongst themselves, my husband and in-laws still missing. And I was not going to wait any longer. Like, can you imagine how awkward it was as a guest? You're like literally hiding in a corner, like whispering to the person next to you, like, I want to go home. By the time they showed up, half an hour later, the rest of us were grimly eating. The meal was mercifully short, as I was dreadful to everyone. I couldn't seem to help myself. The guests left as quickly as decency allowed, and I took my husband into the back room to properly scream at him, which at this <laughs> point, there would be no properly screaming at you in another room. I just would have screamed at you right Oh, there. I would have been screaming the second he walked in the door. Yeah, like, she gave them a chance to walk in and, like, eat dinner, and then, like, no, that wouldn't happen. No, nope. it wouldn't happen. I would have been like, that's it. You, you better walk back out and find something to eat. Oh, yeah, you would get no Thanksgiving dinner. Nope. Where the hell did you go? What's the matter with you? You want to know where they went? We went hiking. You said you didn't need any help. Listen, I love a hike. But on Thanksgiving, when you have 14 people coming over, you need your ass to be home. Who goes hiking? Because someone doesn't need help, that means you can leave the entire house for hours. "Mm, She doesn't need any help. So what activity can we do to spend hours away from the household? Hmm, let's go hiking. No, how about just watch a movie and wait for her to be done with the dinner? Play football in the front yard like right? normal people. I don't understand. But also in the interest of whenever there's a lot of people, you want to get, you kind of want to get to the food first. You want to be able to taste everything. So just in the interest of my ass is greedy and I want all the food, I wouldn't leave. They went hiking. It's been almost 15 years now. I have never made another Thanksgiving meal. No, no shit. Can't blame the woman at I all. I would never make a Thanksgiving meal for them ever again. Never hosting anything ever again. And there's the moral of that story. Never host. See, the first mistake, hosting, offering to host. Just don't do it. Host a podcast. Don't host Thanksgiving. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) So now I have one last story. And it's one of those I should have ordered takeout stories that prove that not everyone can attempt Thanksgiving dinner. Cooking dinner and cooking Thanksgiving dinner are two different things. If you have never made a turkey, if you've never cooked for a large amount of people, or if you just don't cook in general, do not make Thanksgiving that time to experiment. Please let someone who can cook or has cooked for a large amount of people, let them do it because this is not the time to experiment. So if I ever get invited somewhere and I hear that someone's cooking that never cooks, I'm not going because you're not about to ruin Mm -mm. my my Thanksgiving meal. This story comes from abcnews.go.com by Vicky Slingluff Andrews and it's called Turkey with a Side of Salmonella. I love that her name is Vicky. I know. My roommate, a notoriously bad cook, insisted on doing everything herself in an effort to impress her stepmother. No. Oh, no. If you were my roommate and I'm trying to be a good roommate, I do not let my roommate who doesn't cook cook anything. If she wants to impress the stepmother, buy her a gift. Buy her some flowers. Maybe she doesn't want to be roommates with her anymore. Or maybe she doesn't like the like the family and you want them all to break up and never speak to each other. Like, did you want to kill the stepmother? You don't like her? No. Make this one of those, you know, like in movies where you have like the person that's trying to like impress someone. So you hire a chef and pretend you cooked it. That's what she should have done. The first sign of serious trouble apparently wasn't the decision for her to cook. The first sign of serious trouble was the smoke alarm going off. 
If the smoke alarm is going off, this person should not be cooking Thanksgiving dinner. It seems roommate had gotten advice from some so-called friends at work who told her to cook the turkey in a bag. I'm sure they meant a cooking bag, not the paper bag she carried the turkey home from the store in. No, like the plastic bag or the paper bag or whatever it was. The paper bag. No. Paper bags are flammable. It's not parchment paper. You're not supposed to cook on it. You're not supposed to cook turkey in a paper bag. And I'm sorry, was this like in the 90s when you couldn't Google how to cook a turkey? Like, I don't understand. They have like recipes. They have YouTube videos. Like there had to be a better way for you to learn how to cook a turkey. But yeah, roommate thought it would cook faster if the oven was really hot. My roommate's friends also told her to put cranberry sauce in the gravy. So she opened the can and dumped it into the gravy without stirring or warming it. Oh, that's disgusting. So you just see a, like the literal imprint of the disgusting in the can, can. Yeah, the can imprint is still in the cranberry sauce. That's so disgusting. when our guests arrived, it was sitting on the table looking like a giant blood clot. Because that's what... See, but this is why cranberry sauce gets a bad rap. This is why. Because people At least don't know it. how to use it. Cut it so you don't see the imprint of the cans. The turkey was oozing some gross yellow liquid from every orifice. She tried to stuff the bird with sourdough Mexican cornbread. This didn't work because she did not have sourdough starter to make it properly. And she poured it into the bird without baking it first, thinking it would cook inside the turkey. You have to bake the bread first. That is so disgusting. What happened to stovetop stuffing? That shit is so easy. That would be the moment I would say, sorry, I'm a vegan. I can't have any of this. Right? Like (laughs) I I suddenly come up with like all these dietary, I'm allergic to turkey and stuffing. I can't eat that. Like, no. Dinner consisted of what we tried to pass off as blackened turkey with mushy, runny, so-called stuffing. You had runny stuffing. Cold, lumpy mashed potatoes. The disgusting-looking gravy-cranberry sauce combination. And I'm sure a few helpings of salmonella. The only thing edible was some gelatin a guest brought. The day ended with the stepmother throwing up on our red velvet chair. (laughs) So the person she was trying to impress, supposedly, or kill. (laughs) I think you mistook impress with kill because you just killed her stepmother. (laughs) Like, if you know she's a bad cook and you're a semi-decent human being, you wouldn't have let her do this. These are really funny stories, but I can honestly say that my family actually sounds normal in this situation. Right? This This makes my Thanksgiving dinner seem so much better. I've never had salmonella or I've never thrown up from anything. I've never had, I've never been stabbed with a carving fork. I've never had my family flat out just dismiss me from Thanksgiving dinner. I've never had shit rain on me. Yeah. So I'm very grateful. Yes. Honestly, I'm just going to be so happy that there's like a functioning toilet at my mom's apartment that I'm just going to be grateful. And I'm thankful this year too. I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for the podcast. I'm thankful for the listeners to actually appreciate our time and our time off. So I'm thankful for that. There's a lot to be thankful for. And I I hope listening to these stories, there's two things that either happen. A, it makes you like realize your weird, awkward family isn't so weird and awkward. Or B, you have a good story that you're like, hey, I can almost top that one. Right. So either you're going to feel like you're not alone in the crazy shit your family does, or you're going to be like, you know what? At least my family didn't do that. So if there's nothing else that comes out (laughs) of it, at least do that. But also we are very very grateful for this entire year it's been when we started this podcast we didn't know how it was going to be and we've been very pleasantly surprised and we really appreciate and are very grateful for the people who continue to download our episodes and and tell people about it and they continue to follow us but we do want everybody to also be grateful because a lot of this is perspective you know there are people who 
don't have families. They live far. Like Christy lives states away mm-hmm. from everybody and yep. is not going to see her family for Thanksgiving. Or Christmas. Or Christmas. And there are people like my husband. My husband works on Thanksgiving, so I'm not going to get to see him on Thanksgiving. So just be a little gracious to the people who are working, the people who don't have families. Just be considerate that. Check on your friends. Check on your family. Check on the people you think might be having a hard time. The holidays is really, really hard, especially for people who have lost loved ones or live far away. So just try to be very grateful for what you have. That's one of the reasons I put these stories in because it is all about perspective. Get a laugh, but also take something good from it. So be very grateful right before you shop for Black Friday. Absolutely. So let's lighten this uh, mushy gushy stuff up with some (laughs) who does that because this one's pretty freaking hilarious. Let's get into this. Who does that? Who does that? Who does that? Who who does does Whenever it's violence and fast food, I just have to do it. Ooh, violence and fast food. There's something, the two just go hand in hand. It's like, I don't know, ketchup and mustard. (laughs) Have you ever been to like a a fast food restaurant really late at night? I mean, those shits are crazy. Yeah. Well, Indiana judges apparently have because via torontosun.com, Indiana judges suspended after brawl outside White Castle. Mm-hmm. Aren't they supposed to like uphold the law? Or yep, something? they're breaking the law by doing all of this, if you can believe this. The Indiana Supreme Court has suspended three county circuit court judges without pay for getting into an early morning fistfight outside a fast food restaurant that ended with two of them getting shot. Oh, that's escalating. It escalates really quickly. And not only just that, too, it's like, how can you, who judges other people on acts of violence, get an act of violence thrown against you? Well, this is how. The altercation involving Clark County Circuit Judges Andrew Adams and Bradley Jacobs and Crawford County Circuit Judge Sabrina Bell, yes, a woman was involved, was, quote, not merely embarrassing on a personal level, the Supreme Court said in a document released earlier this week. They discredited the entire Indiana judiciary. Well, just a little bit, because this would be bad enough if, like, anyone was arrested, like, in the middle of the night at a fast food restaurant for a brawl. This is really embarrassing for judges. Absolutely. Reuters was not immediately able to reach the judges for comment. The fight took place in May when the judges were attending a judicial conference in Indianapolis. Around 3 a.m. as the jurists were walking to a White Castle restaurant... After having drinks, no shit. I'd hope there'd be no drinking No shit. Involved. Nobody goes to White Castle at 3 a.m. unless they're drunk. Nobody, after, no. After a conference where they drank all day? Of course. The only thing open would be White Castle. And this is where it all always stems from. It's nothing good can come of 3 a.m. White Castle runs nothing, when you're drunk. Nothing. And if I were a cop, I would just sit outside of a White Castle after <laughs> 2 a.m. Because Honestly, you can get a lot of action just waiting in a parking lot of a fast food restaurant. Go there on like a Friday or a Saturday. You're going to see something. Including judges, apparently. So... <laughs> The occupants of a passing car appeared to shout something out the window, the document said. Judge Bell, the female, responded by extending her middle finger. So you know you're wasted when you're a judge and you're like, fuck off. Fuck like, you! It's, it's so funny because when you see a judge on TV or, you know, if you go to a courthouse, they look so serious. So you forget they're people and, like, they're gonna have... Like, I can't even picture... Forget that they want drinks in White Castle. Like, they're like us, too. You know, they're humans, too. But, like, get this, though. The car pulled over. Oh, shit. And the two of the occupants, Alfredo Vasquez and Brandon Kaiser, had a verbal altercation with the judges. I'm also picturing the judges in their robes with their gavel. And, like, I don't know why. Because oh, yeah. you know that judges walk around. How can you not see a judge in a robe? I, I just, I, I'm envisioning them in robes. I assume yeah. that they walk around in those robes all the time and, like, their gavel. So I'm, like, picturing this super serious, like, judge robe gavel and, like, these two dudes that are like, why the fuck did you just stick your middle finger up at me? Getting it. Well, this is why. Quote, I drink and get mouthy and I'm fiery and feisty, Judge Bell <laughs> later told the police in a recorded statement, according to the court document. So she's basically admitting that it was her mouth and her finger 
finger that like set I'm the whole thing off. I'm not just a judge. I am fiery and mouthy when I drink. <laughs> <laughs> like she And I guess it's true because kind of attorneys kind of have to be to, in order to make your way up to be a judge. So I, I guess it makes some sense. The shouting match soon turned physical and the document said Judge Jacob held Kaiser on the ground and Judge Adams kicked him in the <laughs> back. So they're kind of ganging up on the dude. <laughs> I can't. So then Kaiser pulled out a gun and shot Adams once in the abdomen and Jacobs twice in the chest. So these are like possible kill shots. Think about that. The chest and abdomen, you can hit vital organs in those places. It's not like he nicked their arm or their leg to try to get them to stop hitting him. Like he went for the kill. And you have to also assume if they're judges, they're not like 20. Like they're a little bit older. So you're definitely good. You can definitely kill somebody like that. Oh, no, here are their, here, I'll show you the pictures. They look so, like, not the people that would be in a White Castle parking lot at 3 a.m. <laughs> like, this is not what I pictured. Alcohol makes us all way too human. That's the problem. Fiery, fiery and mouthy. It makes us all fiery and mouthy. Both were transported to local hospitals. Adams had two emergency surgeries, including a colon resectioning. And Jacobs had two emergency surgeries and was hospitalized for 14 days. In September, Adams pled guilty to battery resulting in bodily injury and was ordered to serve two days in jail with the remainder of his 365-day sentence suspended. He was suspended from his job on the bench without pay for 60 days. A grand jury declined to bring criminal charges against Judge Jacobs. Jacobs and Judge Bell were suspended from their jobs without pay for 30 days. So the one that kicked the guy in the back was the only one who actually did like, yeah. the two days in jail. And yeah. But they were just suspended, right? They didn't like... They didn't lose their jobs. They didn't lose their judiciary title or anything like that. They just don't get paid for a month to two months, so... That's insane to me. Like, I know that getting shot is a pretty big punishment, but I feel like there should be more consequences for being a judge and getting involved in something Well, like they that. just all sound so idiotic. I think the embarrassment's gonna handle their punishment enough because if I were like... In Indiana, and I had to face this judge. I'd be like, "Weren't you the judge that got drunk and got into a fight at White Castle?" Can you imagine, like, now that this is in the news, God forbid, you get like arrested and you come from and you come in front of this judge? I'd be like, "You're not handing me down my sentence. You got into you got shot in a White Castle parking lot. I can't be taken seriously." So I guess that's their punishment enough. That's punishment enough, in my opinion. That is such a good one. But I think this was one of our funnier episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Please check out our merch. It's going to drop the day after you are stuffed. So get on your computer. See what we have to offer. Give us some feedback. Yes. Look out for that promo code because we will, like I said, we will be dropping it on our website, on our Instagram, and on our, on our Twitter. So pay attention if you want a little bit more cash off. But definitely check out our merch store. All the information will be available soon. And if you have any crazy Thanksgiving stories after, after Thanksgiving, did your family do anything like stab anybody with a carbon fork? Please feel free to email those to us at theeriamericas at gmail.com. And most importantly, stay weird, Americas. Bye. Bye.